Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts. I'm out in Las Vegas, your other host on the East Coast in Boston, Josh Applebaum. Josh, good afternoon. Rich, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm excited. I tell you what, we got a recap last night, the, yes. the Raiders and the Chargers. A lot of takeaways from that game. Seen a lot of line movement for these NFL and college football games this weekend. But, Pritch, I buried the lead. Uh, it's a big day in Boston. We got Red Sox, Yankees, dusting off the greatest rivalry here in Major League Baseball, a one-game playoff do or die. So I'm excited. We got Josh Towers in studio. We can talk about today's game. Tomorrow there's a huge number on the Dodgers, like minus 220. Uh, we have some serious prices to hit on. Maybe we can add some MLB futures. Pritch, to me, it's a homework day mm-hmm. and a baseball day, and I'm excited. How you feeling, my man? I'm feeling great. Uh, ready to get after it. You mentioned Josh Towers. He's ready to go. Talk to him before the show. He's going to be in studio uh, to preview Boston and the Yankees there. And you're in a place to be again, Josh. I mean, who would have thought that Boston would be happening like it has been with the Brady aftermath, and, and now you got the Red Sox, like you mentioned. But uh, we got a recap uh, last night's game. Uh, we were both on the Raiders uh, I thought the Raiders was going to show up a little bit better than that. They showed up in the second half only. Uh, and it probably signs of a team that's coming off a of losing seasons and then a 500 season, uh, still trying to find themselves and find that identity uh, to play well on a big stage like they had last night. Yeah, you're totally right, Pritch. So tough one for dog betters right there with you. I was on the Raiders plus three and a half. I felt like we got a good number right. know, that really kind of bounced back and forth with the hook three and a half down to three, three and a half down to three back and forth ends up closing three. Um, and that was kind of a classic, you know, divisional dog, primetime dog system match. Obviously didn't come through and Pritch, here's the thing. And you know, having played in college and pros, you dig yourself a hole. It's mm-hmm. really hard to get out of that hole. Yeah. That first half was absolutely brutal sweating that game uh, for, for a Raiders backer like me. Uh, you get down 21, nothing uh, first downs, Pritch, they get out, out gained on first down 25 to 13, uh, really couldn't convert many first downs offensively. Couldn't really generate anything. That was the big surprise to me, Pritch, uh, only a 213 offensive uh, yards here versus 380 for Herbert. Look at yards per play. This is a really indicative stat that a lot of wise guys lean on uh, offensively. You always want to, you know, kind of bet on a team with better yards per play 5.1 for the chargers, only 3.8 for Vegas. And also Pritch, you know, I was excited. Josh Jacobs came back, get a running game going here. Mm. They couldn't do anything on mm-hmm. the ground. Maybe that was a reason why they became so one dimensional outgained on the ground, 168 to 48. So you add it all up here, obviously disappointing play here. If you're like me sweating the Raiders last night, but here's one takeaway that I think we can apply moving forward, Pritch. The under. The under in this game, the under in primetime games, the under in general. Now, we've done so many shows talking about dogs. Even though you had a favorite cover last night, dogs are still, uh, I think, 59% ATS throughout the season. Mm-hmm. But that was a sneaky underplay. Open 52 and a half. At one point, got all the way down to like 51. There's some late movement to the over. It closed around 52. But here's the thing. Unders this year, now 37 and 27, 58%. Uh, also, what I love to look at is unders where the total either stays the same or falls. So even though public betting, you know, heavy to the over, it doesn't tick up. There's probably a reason why odds makers don't want to give out a better number to, you know, sharps uh, who are looking at the under here. 
23 and 16 to the under. That's 59% when the total stays the same or falls. Divisional unders, 10 and 6. The built-in familiarity divisional games. I like to look at dogs, but also unders. You kind of know what the other team is is planning and can match up against that. You know, that be- definitely benefits the defense over the offense. And primetime unders, Pritch, we knew there would be regression at some point. Yeah. They opened 8 and 1 to the over. Last three have gone under. We're seeing that take place. So a little consolation prize if he took the under, but... Pritch, how annoying was that, sweating the Raiders plus the points? They couldn't do anything in the first half. And not in the first half. In the second half, they had a chance. I mean, even down 21-14, Derek Carr had a chance at Henry Ruggs on a deep one. He overthrew him, uh, and we would have had a new ball game for sure. And, you know, people that teased that total up to uh, maybe looking for the Raiders to, to perhaps cover that if they could uh, as they had that comeback in the second half. But I wanted to ask you this question about quarterbacks, too, because we saw Derek Carr play different. <laughs> then he played in the first three games. Uh, Joey Bosa uh, made mention of that too, for instance, uh, from uh, from the Chargers saying, like, look, Bosa's like, uh, if you hit Carr, he's going to be shook in the pocket. And that played out. But on the other side, how much more value do you add to the Chargers the way that Justin Herbert is continuing to play this year? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a reason why over the summer we saw the Chargers become one of the trendiest, you know, teams to the over. And I was kind of a little worrisome to that over. You know, anytime a, a team gets so much love during the offseason, typically they become overvalued. But I think mm-hmm. we're seeing why maybe over the summer a lot of people like that over nine and a half win total with Herbert. You know, stepping in in a weird pandemic year last year, Pritch, where you really don't have uh, your regular training camp, your regular, uh, you know, preseason type tune-ups and stuff like that. Herbert played great. Uh, and he's picking up where he left off. You look at last night. Pretty efficient, 25 of 38, threw for 222, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And a lot of people who took the over two and a half uh, touchdowns for Herbert cashed that prop bet. Uh, but I, I think that's the key here, Pritch. But also defensively, it's a team that, um, again, you know, they have different moving parts on offense. Cook still getting it done at, right. his, at his older age here. Uh, and Eckler, a guy pound for pound. Pritch, by the way, can you do one-handed uh, pull-ups here? <laughs> no, sir. I can't. I can't yeah, do I, two-handed I, pull-ups. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? I can barely get, barely get halfway up there. But right. Eckler, I just think they got a good mix of players. And maybe Staley, who we saw as, you know, uh, I, I think he was the, the favorite there for coach of the year, around like plus 1,000, yeah. something like that. They got something going there. And again, you were totally right with the crowd. That was a very Vegas crowd. I mean, I when, we, when it was, what, what was it, Pritch? 21-14, and they're kind of getting back in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we got a shot here. That crowd got going. And obviously that, you know, that I think you hit the nail on the head with that missed pass to Ruggs deep. Yep. That really would have changed the game. But, yeah, Herbert looks good, Pritch. And uh, moving forward, I think maybe they, uh, they give the Chiefs a run for their money especially after beating them last week. Yeah, not going to overreact. Uh, Herbert does have a running game. That offensive line still young uh, and injured. Once they get all their starters back, uh, that could be pretty potent right there. Uh, running the football with pound for pound. Uh, and then also with Justin Herbert continuing to throw the football to those weapons that he has. So uh, following all that information away, like always, Josh, but we got to get to some news and notes uh, that could affect your bet. Uh, let's start with the Urban Meyer news that, well, the development anyway, uh, Michael Lombardi, uh, he was uh, breaking news earlier. I saw it on Twitter uh, that things could get ugly out there in Jacksonville, which they probably have already been ugly, uglier, if you will, uh, here with Urban Meyer. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't, but I know from a player's perspective, if you lose confidence in your ultimate leader, which is your head coach, I, I don't know where you're going to find that direction. Is it going to be Trevor Lawrence, a rookie? I don't think so. Is it going to be anybody else within that organization? Probably not. We heard reports earlier on that coaches and Urban Meyer not really getting along. So right now you have Jacksonville Jaguars in rebuild mode without leadership, Josh. Uh, Doom right there, if you ask me. Yeah, this is kind of bad news. I mean, the Jags, you finally, even though you don't win last week, you you know, against the Bengals, you played well. You had something to build on. You said, wow, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks like a 
you know, a quarterback here that we can build around, had a great game, and, you know, you're in that thing till the end. Bitter loss there. So you finally get something going, and then the, the Jags are going to jag, Pritch. This is what they do. <laughs> uh, these organizations with bad cultures right. and environments. And Urban Meyer, to me, you know better. I mean, getting caught at a bar, doing questionable mm. things, and, uh, you know, making weird comments. I just think, you know, Urban Meyer, this was his shot to really prove that, hey, I'm not just a good college coach. I can get it done in the NFL. Now, one tweet I saw, Pritch, which was kind of ironic, is when he was a commentator, he had a list of, like three things that are are bad for your team and can make you uh, go in a tailspin. It was like bad leadership, dysfunction, and 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 lack of trust. And those are the three things that are happening right, right now for the Jaguars. So you know, I think it's obviously bad news. But I would say, you know, uh, raising, you know, uh, going through the school of contrarian here, Pritch. Mm -hmm. I like to buy in bad news, sell in good news. And I would say, you know, even though all this Urban Meyer stuff is swirling around, and these are headlines that a lot of people are going to say, man, immediately bet against the Jags. I wouldn't be so uh, so fast to the book, you know, laying the points with Tennessee here. Tennessee's at Jacksonville. We still got to monitor, monitor these injuries with uh, Brown and Julio Jones. Right. But what I like about this one, Pritch, this is as of now the most lopsided game of the week. Everybody's taking Tennessee, almost 90% of bets. Yet Tennessee kind of opens four, stays four. Can you get a four and a half? If those injuries continue with the Titans and the Jags are a divisional dog at home, mm -hmm. uh, kind of with a line freeze type situation, also a rest advantage and game plan advantage where they played Thursday and the Titans played on the road on Sunday. Believe it or not, I'll be looking at Jags and the points here, Pritch. But what do you think? Uh, you know, uh, don't name any names, but any coaches getting hot water? And how did that affect teams that you played on? Oh, maybe it didn't yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. But uh, certainly uh, there's been a lack of confidence within a locker room from a head coach before. Uh, I've experienced that uh, for sure. Uh, so shenanigans. You know, the thing about buying low, what you just mentioned there, as the Titans are laying four, um, it can go lower for Jacksonville uh, until they capitulate. Uh, and that's probably firing uh, Urban Myers. So, you know, the old adage, uh, crossing T's and dotting I's, I think uh, Jacksonville might be erasing T's and erasing I's right now in that contract uh, with Urban Meyer. Uh, but we'll see what the developments are uh, for the rest of the week right here. Uh, not looking good out there in Jacksonville. J Jimmy G, though, uh, Garoppolo, the news about him, Kyle Shanahan, the calf injury might not keep him out of this week's game against Arizona. Important game uh, for the 49ers. We know that he's sore right now. Uh, Josh, your interpretation of those words from Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, so it's funny, Pritch. You know, uh, Jimmy G, who's uh, another one that got away if you're a Patriots fan like me. <laughs> Belichick had it lined up for Jimmy G to take over when, when Brady uh, was maybe going to do a swan song here. But anyway, as you know, everything comes back to the Pats. I would just say, Jimmy G, I saw his press conference and he was like, he was very despondent. He was very down. He was saying, man, going to be out a couple weeks and I keep getting injured and it just, it's really, really brutal. So it sounded worse than it is. We all know Shanahan. He's kind of a gamesmanship guy. Sometimes he goes over the top here, Pritch. I don't even know if we'll be alive on Sunday to play this game. So we'll have to see uh, how that plays out. But I would say, um, you know, whether it's Jimmy G or whether it's Trey Lance, I'm kind of going to sit back and let this thing go up okay. as high as it can go because one thing I noticed, and there's definitely some early money on the Cardinals who, again, get it done as a really sharp uh, reverse line move and big steam in their favor against the Rams, and they win that game outright. But a lot of these books open minus four and a half Cardinals. It's now to, to five and a half. Does it get to six? If it gets to six, I think San Fran by low as a road division dog uh, plus six or less system match uh, would be a pretty good spot there. And I would just say, Pritch, really high total. Open mm -hmm. like 53. It's down to 50. And I saw a stat on, on, on Twitter. Uh, rookie quarterbacks to the under are 13 and two. Yep. So I think we all talk about rookie quarterbacks, one in 10 ATS had a great bounce back last week. They go four and O ATS. 
But here's another thing with the total. The under, 13-2 in rookie quarterback games. If that's Trey Lance, maybe you got an, an underplay there. Yeah, back-to-back uh, divisional games, too, for Arizona. Could be tough right there. Uh, Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Well, Josh Applebaum, we have Josh Towers in studio. We got Major League Baseball wild card. Uh, Boston Yankees. Let's come up next. Josh Towers in his preview right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Football season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. Have your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love. The state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America and presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. And so is Josh Towers uh, in studio with us. VSEN analyst, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Josh, good afternoon. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm great. Uh, I think over here. Josh Applebaum's awesome because he's in Boston, uh, the scene of potentially a crime today. What do you think, Josh Applebaum? <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. And Josh, happy playoffs. I know if you're an MLB grinder, this is the time of year that we've been waiting for all year. But uh, get your take on this game, Josh. So obviously in Boston, I think there's a little trepidation here. J.D. Martinez, big injury. Mm. He tripped over the second base bag going right field. Now he's <laughs> off the roster. So it just... Just brutal, just brutal here. But what I'm looking at, uh, Josh, is a little movement to the Yankees. You know, Yankees were, Red Sox were 10-9 and nine against the Yankees in the regular season. But uh, there was a, a series at Fenway Park, as you know, Josh, uh, late September, where the Yankees rolled. They swept the Red Sox. And Obaldi versus Cole. Cole had a great game. Obaldi got lit up. I'm seeing movement to the Yankees today. They opened like minus 115, very short favorite on the road. Uh, looks like both pros and Joes are laying this short uh, chalk number. It's been steamed up to around minus 125. We have seen in these wild card one game playoffs since they started in 2012 favorites are 10 and six. Um, also the, the total uh, it's not rainy. It rained all day yesterday in Boston, but it's going to be raw. It's going to be like high fifties winds blowing in a little bit. We've seen that under eight and a half fall to eight here. So Josh, what do you think? Would you be leaning Yankees in this spot or my Red Sox with plus money? Am I disregarding my own team here? Uh, you do this a lot. Um, yes. Wait, hold on. You're being serious about JD Martinez. Yeah. You tripped over a, you yeah, tripped, tripped over, over a second, second base, base going yeah. right field. Yeah. In Washington, that's baseball. He was going out on defense? He's going out on defense, oh tripped over God. the bag, and now he's hurt. You can sneeze and throw your back out, or you can trip over a bag running out to you. Uh, uh, I mean, Marty Cordova <laughs> went on the deal because he fell asleep in the tanning bed. There's a lot of things you can do. Um, I like J.D. He's one of my favorite players in the game, by the way, so that, that hurts me. I didn't hear this news. Uh, always, always, all year, um, not all y'all. year, <laughs> until recently, like when we knew the Yankees were more than likely going to win mm-hmm. or had a shot, like – if this was the matchup, I had the Yankees winning this the whole time. And okay. we've seen Garrett Cole not pitch good versus Boston, but we also seen him recently step up when he had to against this team as well. I mean, that's what guys like that do. With that said, Nathan Avaldi's been fantastic, and he's dominated versus the Yankees all year, except his most recent game versus them, where he gave up seven 
Um, so both of these two guys have success. We've seen Nathan also enjoy the postseason where he's not been very good, but something about him steps up in these moments as well. Uh, I was always on the Yankees. Uh, they're playing better baseball. Um, they've learned a lot. And then yesterday, uh, Matt Humans asked me when he was sitting in here real quick, and it just, like, something clicked. I just, I think the Red Sox win this game. I honestly didn't know that it was, I assumed it was in New York as well. So that's huge for the Red Sox. The mm -hmm. fan base comes in. I told you, that's, they, they play ball with you, man. They're ready to go from the first inning on. And so I, I think this is, I think, I hate saying this, man, because I hate the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox have the advantage in this game. Okay. I think this is a game for them. The JD thing hurts, but my one thing is, is, is buddy, since you're there, um, can you ask their manager if they're going to pitch Garrett Richards out of the bullpen? Because if, if he's coming out of the pen, they're going to lose. If they can leave him off to the side, I think the Red Sox have a good chance. Yeah, I mean, plus 117 uh, out here in Vegas, a total eight. You got to take uh, that, right? I would think, uh, look at uh, the stats. I mean, all season long, Boston's had one of the better lineups, uh, hitting lineups, yeah, they, offenses, they hit. right? Yeah. So the mentality for Garrett Cole on the bump, uh, you, you got the monster, you got Fenway. I mean, you got all that history uh, and facing one of, one of the dominant lineups we saw this year. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, I mean again this this very consistent with the offense. Devers doesn't get much uh, as much love as I think offensively as he should because defensively he's a liability. Mm -hmm. The JD thing hurts. Um, we we should see some movements too. Like the, I mean you got to have everybody on call. I'm not the biggest Schwarber fan leading off. I get what he can do, but he's also a strikeout victim. Okay. And if Garrett Cole's pumping a hundred out of the gate, Schwarber might be in trouble. With that said. Uh, Having Dahlbach and Hunter Renfro in the lineup at the same time in a postseason game is tough for me. Mm -hmm. um, not very clutch. Dahlbach, at times, a little scared of his own shadow in these situations. Um, and he's a liability at first base. So I, I haven't seen the Yankee lineup yet. I'm looking at Boston's. It's just, what do you do? Like, right. I, I mean, I, I hope that they've game planned well and they just don't go out free swinging. Dahlbach has got to be able to work counts. He's got to stay off the first mm -hmm. pitch. He's not going to get a first pitch strike to hit, depending on the situation. Uh, having him in the lineup makes me very nervous because I just think that he's not ready for these situations. So I hope that they're ready to pull the trigger quick, which they will be. But again, I don't, I was telling you off too, and Josh, same thing. I'm being serious about the Richards thing. I don't think that he should come out of the pen. Now, he's been in the pen for a while, and they use him a lot. But I don't think that this is the spot for him. I don't like to see starters in general come out of the pen, which we will see over the next couple of days. But nothing against G. Rich. I just don't think that's going to be the right guy to go. And if they go to him, uh, it, it could be a bad situation. Stick to the relievers who do reliever jobs, especially for this game. And, we, I mean, again, the three-batter minimum rule in the mm -hmm. postseason in a game like this is very tough for managers as well. Josh, got to get your take on tomorrow's wild card game as well. Unfortunately, we don't have you in studio. I wish we had you, but let's get your take today. You know, this is one of the biggest numbers I've seen in a long time in a wild card game. It's very rare that you have one team that's a minus 200 or more favorite. The other ironic thing is, you know, Scherzer against Wainwright. Uh, the Dodgers are actually the favorite to win the World Series at plus 400, mm -hmm. yet they're in this one game playoff. So if anything goes wrong, you have no margin for error here. Imagine all these futures that would get blown up if the Cardinals were able, uh, you know, to get this upset win. So, how do you, you know, cap this matchup here, Josh? You know, obviously Scherzer, Wainwright, a couple older guys, but a lot of postseason experience. I think a lot of people would say maybe the value is on the Cardinals. That's such a big number in a one-off game. Uh, but can you bet against the Dodgers in this spot? These are the, you know, uh, they want to get this spot and play and play uh, the Giants next. And, you know, they're at home. I have seen historically in these playoff games when you're a favorite of 200 or more, you're winning about 72% of the time. I think it's 27 and 10 uh, over the last decade. So, uh, is this a big number that's just too big for you? Would you look at the total? Is there any value on the Cardinals? How do you cap this big 
and a wild card matchup tomorrow. Yeah, I think the only play is the Cardinals at this price. Wainwright has had a phenomenal year at 17-7 with a 3 ERA, but Max has done the same thing. He's been awesome, uh, and he's faced the Cardinals a couple times this year, and I'll, I'll give you one guess at how many earned runs he gave up against the Cardinals this year. Zero. Mm. Zero. Zero. He <laughs> dominates. Um, this is why you go and get guys like this, but this is what the Dodgers are built on. So the Dodgers, they clearly have an advantage. They they have all the postseason success. Um over the last few years, so they've been in this situation, so this is not like, there's other teams like the Giants, it's going to be a little bit more nerves. It's not going to be like that with Los Angeles. This is another game. Um, Max has been, this is what Max does, obviously. He's a big game pitcher. Adam Wainwright is as well. Mm-hmm. I would say that the Cardinals have played playoff baseball for so long, winning 17 in a row and forcing that to get in here, so it's earned, right? Just like everybody else, but the Dodgers have played playoff baseball all year as well because him and the Giants have been fighting for first place since the beginning of the season. The Giants never relinquished this. So it's it, every game has meant something equally to this team where we've seen other teams kind of win and, and run out of the way. Dodgers are favored. They're at home. They should be. I think the line is too big, but it's a one-game postseason. Right. And the it, you and I talked, the middle, the fifth and sixth inning, the reliever who comes in there, that's the precedent. That's the guy who has to set the foundation for the Cardinals. And if, if that person can do his job, I think the Cardinals have a legit shot at winning. So you ask me where to go, I'm definitely going to bet the Cardinals for sure because of the line. Right, crazy. right. I mean, you got Arenado too who forced a trade to get there, mm-hmm. uh, wants to get, be in this situation. Okay, back-to-back situation too for the Dodgers. Let's go over uh, real quick divisional series prices okay. right now. Uh, because you have the Brewers minus 140, the Braves uh, plus 115, Astros minus 125, White Sox plus 105. Your thoughts there? Do we, Ben, do we have the graphic on that? Um, I think that it's tough. Let me mm-hmm. pull this up real quick on my end if we don't have it. Uh, the, the Brewers are in trouble. The, the Braves are, are too, too good of a team. Uh, they had three guys the, uh, on their lineup who played uh, the most games in baseball. I'll add Albie Albie. They have four guys in like the top seven who played the most games. These guys play. They want to play. They play together. They right. have a huge advantage. The Brewers are already pulling guys, pulling Corbin Burns the other day to not protect his ERA title, but mm-hmm. then he gave up runs. I, I, I think they've already started to mess things up. And the first sign of anything, we know Council is going to pull. I'm not knocking the Brewers, Ben, not hurting your feelings. I just don't think that he's willing <laughs> – and ready to make the necessary manager adjustments to win, like uh, a Kevin Cash. I like the uh, the White Sox, but the problem is, is they stopped playing mm-hmm. the baseball we just talked about a while ago, and they have a good team, but I don't think that everybody's ready and has played enough consistently over the last three weeks to 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 be in playoff baseball shape. So I think that the, the Astros win. I think the Braves win. Uh, the Rays will win that series, and if it's the Dodgers and Giants, let's uh, just enjoy it. Yeah, I hear you right there. What about pedigree? Because I know pedigree is big in football. What about baseball? Been there, done that, know how to get there. It, it's That's why the Dodgers yeah. are favored. Okay. Because they have all of that. It's very, very important. Right. Man. Yeah. Well, enjoy the games, man. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Thanks a lot for yeah, being in the studio guys. right there. Thanks, Josh Towers, uh, VSIN MLB analyst, uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, great insight, as always, here in the program. We're going to continue uh, with some college football, some big line movements early on in the week. Uh, Josh uh, Applebaum will break that down. It's coming up next. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network.
This segment of Betting Across America is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zen nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. You can use Zen indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Zen also comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zen contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers over 21. Learn more and find your local retailer at zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It is Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. And Josh, college football, line movement, right up your alley here. Uh, Wake (laughs) Forest, uh, open minus 11, currently minus 6.5 against Syracuse. Yeah, big move here toward Cuse, Pritch. I kind of like this one quite a bit, actually. You know, Cuse, to me, is in that really undervalued spot where you're betting against a ranked team and an undefeated team. So I think the public just looks at this and says, you know, Wake Forest, what are they ranked now, Pritch? I think they're ranked 8, 19th in the country. Mm. Uh, easily on that short spread, lay this number. They'll just roll in this one. But I wouldn't be so quick to go run run, uh, run to the book and lay this number, Pritch. Big move toward Cuse, uh, but also Cuse in the Carrier Dome. You know, this is a spot where they've uh, given a lot of visiting teams a lot of trouble. It gets really loud in there uh, with fans in the stands in the Dome. Uh, and then also you kind of look at this spot, Pritch, one system that I really like and lean on quite a bit here, and it's off to a really good start, betting unranked teams versus ranked teams. I mm-hmm. think when you're betting college football and college basketball, that little number, that one or two-digit number to the left or right of a team that gives you the ranking, automatically the public, as soon as they see that, they're going to go with the ranked team over the unranked team or the team that has a higher ranking versus the other team. But obviously odds makers know this. They know that this bias toward Wake Forest as an undefeated you know, ranked team against unranked team is going to generate a ton of love for Wake Forest here. I'm looking at a lot of these shop spreads, like 80% of bets are just laying it here. No questions asked with Wake Forest yet this thing is falling to Syracuse. So I'd be looking at Cuse plus the points, unranked team versus ranked teams, Pritch, this year. Uh, 41 and 32 ATS, 56%. Really not bad at all. And again, big move toward Cuse. I could see this being uh, similar to that Louisville game with, with uh, Wake last week, Pritch, where yep. uh, they win by three, but don't cover that number. I think they were minus seven there. I was looking at Louisville as a, pl- as a, uh, a dog on the road. I think the same sort of thing. I think Cuse gets up for this game, unranked first ranked. I'd go Cuse in the points. Ideally six and a half or higher. Yeah, I mean it's always a trick, uh, like when it moves like that. Uh, if you're too late, right? And uh, maybe you look at teasers uh, from in that regard. Yeah, I think it's a great point by you, Pritch. And I would say that eleven seems a little high to me. Most mm-hmm. numbers that I saw across the market were like minus seven for Wake. So sometimes you do have books who are uh, want to get that number out early. And you know, of course, this is the importance of the machinations right. of a line because. When they put that thing out there, any book that was at 11, it got hit so hard. Mm-hmm. But to protect themselves, the books will make sure the limits are very, very low when those first numbers come out. So I feel like that's a bit of an outlier. I think probably the seven was more of an opener. But either way, this is a public play to wake. Yet the line's going to Cuse. Give me Cuse here as an unpopular, unranked, first-ranked home dog. Okay, now we got the shootout, Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, interesting matchup here. Oklahoma open minus five, now minus three uh, against Longhorns. Yeah, so definitely movement toward Texas here, Pritch, and Texas is the really popular play here. I think what we're seeing, you know, Oklahoma, they keep winning, but they're not covering. We're going to have to call mm-hmm. them the Kansas City Chiefs of college <laughs> uh, football here, Pritch. Uh, only one in four ATS, even though they're 5-0 and straight up. So definitely some movement here toward Texas. 
but I wouldn't be so quick to grab Texas in the points. That feels like a low-hanging fruit, obvious play here. But I like to bet against teams that cover a lot versus teams that don't. So Texas is 4-1 and one ATS. Oklahoma is 1-4 ATS. And you have about three out of four bets grabbing Texas in the points here. I know it dipped a little bit. Again, this was one where I think the opener was maybe closer to like three and a half. It's kind of stayed there at some shops. Did see some movement here late toward Texas. But I think you're buying low on Oklahoma at this point. This is kind of a fade the trendy dog angle. It's been so-so this year. I'll admit, you know, some spots like with Wisconsin hasn't come through here. You did see it with Cincinnati coming through for you against the Irish. Here's another one. Two ranked teams uh, take the favorite. It's about 57% ATS the last decade. So believe it or not, I, if you're giving me Oklahoma, a really good team that hasn't covered versus a team that has, and Oklahoma's a favorite, only getting a quarter of bets, Bridge. I kind of want to buy low and fade that trendy dog and, and back Oklahoma here to finally cover, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, uh, showcase game two, you got Rattler on one side and then you got Robinson on the other, Bijan Robinson running back from Texas uh, from a Heisman Trophy standpoint. Uh, so this game has a lot of meaning uh, for a lot of situations, a lot of uh, uh, bets there, too, uh, when, when you look at this game here. How about Wyoming at Air Force? Uh, Air Force minus two. Uh, Air Force now open minus two, now minus six right there. Yeah, ton of movement and ton of money here coming in on Air Force Pritch. It's kind of interesting. Both teams have good records. You have uh, Wyoming 4-0, 1-2-1 ATS. Air Force 4-1, 3-2 ATS. Wyoming is coming off a bye, and they've won you know four straight games. So it's kind of intriguing to me that you're seeing such a big move toward Air Force. Um, I don't know. I'm almost thinking like, you know, this is one of your classic open at one point. Now it's moved so much. Can you lay a six now with Air Force? Mm-hmm. If they end up rolling, you're like, who cares? They open four and, you know, you bet them at six, you still roll. But again, betting these late numbers after they move can be a dangerous proposition. And I'm thinking Wyoming, really no one's on them. They're kind of in that short road dog. You know, I like the plus four or less, not the six or less. But uh, if, if it's super inflated off the opener, you're coming off a buy. You're also kind of, I know it's tough to go to Air Force with the altitude there, Pritch, and maybe you can speak to that a little bit more. But you're also a road dog with a low total. College football total is 45. This one's 45, like 46 and a half here. But anything like 47 or less in college, that's a low-end total. NFL, that's probably an average total. Mm -hmm. But in college, we know we see, you know, 60s, 70s, really high totals here. Dog low total, short road dog. I may want to buy low on Wyoming here coming off the buy pitch. But what do you think? How hard is it? You have... Uh, you know, you've experienced this in yep. Colorado here with the altitude. Well, the whole front range, I mean, you got rivalries up and down the front range from Wyoming down to Air Force. So the old whack, you remember that conference? Uh, now you have these two teams in a Mountain West conference, too. So the altitude, I don't know if it's going to be a factor uh, more so than the fact that Air Force has it going right now. Josh, the last three games, they rushed the football over 400 yards. I mean, they're averaging 379 <laughs> yards, I believe, on the ground. And so when Air Force has it going like that, that gets tough for anybody. It really is tough. And again, you're going to have to lean on your pat, your rush defense here if you're Wyoming. I think that's your number one game plan here. And maybe with the extra week, the bye week here for Wyoming, that's what they've been practicing and focusing mm-hmm. on. If you're the more I look at it, Pritch, I kind of like Wyoming plus six. I think okay. you're just buying low in this spot. Uh, it's funny. Both teams are averaging 35 a game. The difference comes on defense, only about 23 or 23 points a game. Wyoming's giving up. Air Force only giving up 16. So uh, again, wait that thing out. It almost reminds me a little bit like that Patriots line against the Bucks, Pritch. Where that was five and a half to seven. Now this is like four to six. You're buying low on that on that short road dog spot. Maybe Wyoming can keep this thing close. Yeah, they play for a trophy. I can't remember what it is either. Um, I can't remember. I should look that up. Uh, maybe during the break I'll look that up. But it's a rivalry game. It's not as big as a shootout, Oklahoma and Texas, uh, but certainly a rivalry game right there. Let's get to BYU and Boise. Uh, line movement here, uh, BYU open minus two and a half. Uh, now minus five. The Cougars have it going uh, this year, certainly undefeated. Josh, their home environment is unreal. If you're not used to it, uh, it could throw you. 
Uh, and then also the way that BYU has it going with their roster. And here's how they have it going. Uh, I played BYU in college. Uh, and we played grown men. We looked across the field. Those guys, they were grown men. And we were kids, right? And, and so BYU has that with their roster now. They have sophomores who have been in the program four or five years already because of the mission. Uh, and so you have grown men across the field from these kids. And I wonder how Boise State is going to react to that. Yeah, it gets a great point about you, Pritch. So a lot of these, uh, you know, these kids will go on missions. They'll be much older than uh, kind of the players that they're, they're facing here. And that can be an advantage, especially – you know, when you're 20, playing kids that are 18, just the mm -hmm. knowledge and experience, that <laughs> yeah. can be a big advantage, Pritch, as you know. Um, but I would say, again, big move toward BYU. A lot of openers were like, you know, three, something like that. Now they're up to five and a half or six. But I kind of see this as a similar spot with Wyoming. If you want to buy low on Boise, you know, Boise, to me, would match that that classic system, unranked versus ranked. So, again, you know, looking at those spots here, buying low on the unranked team versus ranked, it's 56% ATS this year. My one concern with Boise is I feel like they're just Jekyll and Hyde home versus road pitch. When they're on the blue turf and they're at home, they're really tough. When they're on the road, I don't know if they have really have that advantage that they do at home, obviously. But, um, you know, the other thing is with BYU, I love these BYU spots early in the year. Remember that Utah game where, like, they're getting points at home mm -hmm. or they're undervalued? We always talk about the hunted versus the hunter. You know, I mean, now they're being the hunted. They used to be the hunter earlier. So that, that's kind of a different spot for them to be in. Uh, this is the same thing to me, Pritch, where we're at five and a half. We're a, a half point away from a key number of six. If you miss the boat early, and this is really lopsided, I'm looking at like eight, nine, eight or nine uh, out of 10 bets here, laying it with BYU. Can you get a six? Can you buy low on Boise State plus six? To me, you missed the number on BYU. I'd be looking at a buy low spot, unranked versus ranked here with Boise. Yeah, you think about Boise State too, with a new coach uh, trying to get it going uh, after Harson's now at Auburn uh, trying to do his thing down there. So the culture change. And then on the other side, you have BYU uh, entrenched with their culture. And like I said, that environment is electric uh, when they have it going this way. It really is, Pritch. And again, you know, looking for these lopsided angles, uh, if we can t exploit them or take mm -hmm. advantage, that the public sees this. The public is loving it. And again, this is, you know, early to the party, late to the party. If you hit that three and a half early with BYU, you're feeling great and not great right now. You're definitely going to beat that closing line. But five and a half, six, yep. when do we see buyback? That's what I'll be waiting here with Boise. All right, great insights right there, Josh. Uh, that was outstanding right there. So we got the NFC East from last year, a horrible, horrible division. Uh, we got one division shaping up to be equally as bad. Is it time to buy low uh, and uh, with one of the teams uh, within this division? We'll discuss that in the odds. Coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sign up today at BetMGM and enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. The King of Sportsbooks welcomes you to Showtime with a special offer on playoff baseball. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any playoff game. If either team hits a home run in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a home run is hit in any playoff game that you wager on. It's a new customer offer, paid in free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, must be at least 21 years old. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. Betting Across America, Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So, Josh, before we get to the AL wildcard situation, insights galore there, we got to preview the, uh, these odds right now in the AFC South because of the fact that that division is trending towards horrible. I mean, we went over the, the Jacksonville situation with Urban Meyer, the Texans, the wheels have fallen off there. So forget those two teams. The, the Titans, I don't know if you can trust them with Vrabel and that defense. And then the Colts, the Colts are banged up, but they're plus 250. Now they play the Ravens uh, coming up uh, this week. Uh, maybe a buy low spot after that game. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines as you, Pritch. And of course, as you mentioned before the the commercial there, this is the NFC East from last year. I mean, it's <laughs> maybe this is a an eight win team, a nine win team who wins this division. Who knows? Maybe a seven win team. So uh, what's funny? You look at the combined record of these teams in this division, the AFC South. They're four and twelve mm-hmm. uh, straight up. I mean, they've really, really struggled here overall. Now, what does this create in terms of an opportunity to maybe bet the winner of this division? I think you can cross off the Texans and the Jags right off the list. That's a no-brainer. They're off to rough starts, and I don't see it getting much better for these teams. It really becomes a two-team race between the Titans and the Colts. And, Pritch, I think that game against the Jets, that's scary if you're a Titans backer. I know you missed your two best wide receivers there, but you got to think with a running game, with a good coach, going up against a rookie coach, rookie quarterback, and you lose that thing straight up. Maybe it was just a bad schedule spot, a bad situation. But that gives me a little bit of, uh, I don't know, nervousness, anxiety for the Titans just moving forward. That's a kind of game that mm-hmm. you find a way to eke out a win. So I think that portends kind of uh, a little rough there moving forward for Tennessee. At full strength, we'll see how they can perform. But can you lay a minus 275 on a team that, uh, again, has had injuries, has a porous defense? I, I still like Vrabel. I think he's he knows what he's doing as a coach. That number is way too high for me. If that was more like a you know minus 120 and minus 150, maybe I could be intrigued. To me, the only value at this point would be the Colts, plus 225. I think they showed you a lot going into Miami. I know they had, you know, Jacoby Brissett in there, and it's mm-hmm. but it's still a tough environment, and you've struggled this year. And, you know, I've been down on Carson Wentz. He proved a little bit last week. So, to me, getting plus 225 with the Colts, that has a little bit of value here. Uh, and to, looking at these uh, matchups here this weekend, Pritch, um, big Monday night game, Indy at Baltimore. We've seen kind of a sharp line freeze here. Everyone's back in Baltimore. Uh, who, uh, Pritch, I got to get your take on running the ball at the end just to keep their streak going against your Denver Broncos. I know your buddy Vic Fangio was not happy about that, but I'm kind of seeing a line freeze. Baltimore's open minus seven. They've stayed minus seven, even though they're the really, really popular play in a primetime game there. So if you're looking at the Indianapolis Colts plus seven, primetime dogs, uh, look at the last couple of years, 59% ATS. Also buying low on team second game on the road. I think uh, the old adage is, you know, second game on a road trip, it's, right. it's a struggle. You can't play well. But getting points there in that dog spot's been pretty decent. It's about 56% ATS the last decade. So, Pritch, your thoughts on that Fangio dust-up with the Ravens, and uh, can they cover that number against Baltimore Monday night? Look, when I was on the Seahawks, I was on the receiving end of Terrell Davis going over 2,000 yards uh, at mile high. Uh, so stop it. That's that's what I'd say <laughs> to Fangio. Stop it. Uh, okay, you're going to expect them to kneel down, but I think when you see the shotgun formation, don't expect that. Uh, stop it. And then Baltimore. You know, you, 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 between the whistles, Josh, you can hit somebody as hard as humanly possible. Uh, so do it next time or do it that time. Uh, that's what I'll say about that. More power to Baltimore. I get it. Uh, it's a competitive sport. Uh, the thing about this game, too, though, with the Ravens and the Colts, we saw that number with the Colts. Do we wait to, to consider buying low on the Colts after this Monday night game or, or kind of look at it right now? So I think Pritch, this is a perfect game to just, you know, keep an eye on it. Go to Beeson.com slash odds, you know, monitor the juice movement here. You're at minus seven, minus one ten. So really the odds makers aren't kind of showing their hand on 
uh, what kind of action they're taking. And maybe it's 50-50. Uh, of course, we know that folks, you know, theoretically want even money. That way they can just rake in the juice and guarantee a profit. But they'll take a position on a sharp play if they're getting in respected money. So at this point, I don't really see much value on either number. Okay. Uh, let's see if this thing creeps up to uh, the juice minus seven, minus 115. Like it may go to seven and a half. Let's see if this thing juice wise maybe trends down to six and a half. I think if you want to buy low on Indy and they're in that kind of buy low spot where they're coming off their first win and they're on the road and they're only getting about a quarter of bets here. You want to see this thing fall to six and a half. That'll be an indication that they're taking in some money here. So to me, it's a weighted out. I don't see much value right now. It's, anytime you see a number minus one ten both sides, unless you have a strong indication or anticipation that it may get better or worse for you, to me, it's a wait and see game. Let's get injury reports. Let's get more action coming in. Let's see if this thing moves and gives us a little bit of a indication of, of more money coming in one side versus the other. All right. I want to remind our audience that you can uh, listen to Josh Applebaum on his Market Insights podcast. It's outstanding. Highly recommend that. So let's get to an AL wildcard game, Yankees, Red Sox. I thought the ticket count uh, could be higher from a money line situation with the Yankees at 58%, uh, courtesy of Bedham GM. Uh, and then also the movement, Josh, uh, I believe we are, they're up to minus 125 now uh, from minus 115. Yeah, so Pritch, I'm going to make my dad mad. I'm going to make all my friends mad. I'm public enemy number one in Boston. I'm a diehard Sox fan, but I'm on the Yankees tonight, Pritch. I think one of the big things you, that uh, is a big mistake is just betting your favorite teams just because they're your favorite teams mm -hmm. or betting on a team just because you want to see them win. To me, as much as it pains me to have to root for the Yankees tonight, I think there's a lot of reasons to like New York. Number one, what is the market telling you? They opened like minus 115. They've been bet up to around Minus 125. Pritch, I'm seeing right now they just broke through minus 130. So wow. I think if you like the Yankees, this thing is rising higher and higher for you. Uh, we do know that, that it was Red Sox 10-9. to 9. They won the regular season series. But what have you done for me lately? The Red Sox were really, really down in that last series in September where they get swept. And that was a big, big series for the Red Sox that they did not show up for. One thing about Boston, I've been watching them all year, Pritch. They really rake against bad teams, and mm -hmm. they can't beat good teams. If yeah. you look at their record versus teams versus above 500 versus below, uh, it's these good teams that they've really struggled with. Their bullpen's been an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and also their defense. You know, Kyle Schwarber's DHing here, but you have a lot of guys in positions that they're not really normally in. So I like this movement to the Yankees. Um, you also uh, see a trend here toward favorites in these wild card spots. Since 2012, when the wild card one game playoff started, favorites are 10 and 6. So that's in their favor. You also look at dog low or uh, favorite low total. You know, you're now around minus 130 with a, a total around eight. So that's correlative betting, you know, better for the Yankees here. Um, and also J.D. Martinez. I think it's a big injury. It's yeah. a guy that really in the middle of your lineup kind of puts every person in the place that they should be in. Now he's not there. And I'll also say look for maybe a lower scoring game. The total open eight and a half. It's been bet down to eight. Even though the public sees a low total, wants to go over. Um, so we've seen historically in the playoffs last decade when a total is eight or higher, the under is around 54%. It's kind of raw. It's kind of cold in Boston. I don't think we're going to get any rain, but wind's blowing in about five to 10 miles an mm -hmm. hour. Rich, I'm on the Yankees. I lean under here. I got the eight and a half yesterday, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens here. I, I can't wait to see the Red Sox pull off this upset, and then I'm the one person in Boston <laughs> who didn't take the Red Sox. So uh, I'm excited. A lot on the line tonight. Uh, great insight right there. I mean, you think about Boston, one of the better producing lineups, but then uh, losing games repeatedly late innings. I, I saw that. In fact, I cashed tickets uh, because of that situation with the Red Sox. We'll see what happens right there. What about World Series futures, Josh? Uh, here we go. Uh, the Dodgers plus 400, Astros plus uh, 475, uh, and then the Giants plus 600 at the top of this list here. Yes, yeah, so I think the Dodgers, obviously, uh, they're, they're where they should be, you know, as the favorite here. Just a, a stacked roster, mm -hmm. an incredibly high payroll. I mean, they got everything you look for. So 
you want to sweat the Dodgers, I don't blame you at all. But that's going to be a scary uh, position tomorrow to be in that one game playoff against a Cardinals team that remember they won 17 straight. Dodgers have all the pieces, all the ingredients, but that's going to be a tough spot. I think all the pressures on the Dodgers there. To me, Pritch, the two teams that no one's talking about that have the most value here are the Giants and the Rays. The Giants yeah. have been doing it all year. I think no one believes in them. The joke here to me, Pritch, is they're going to be hosting the World Series trophy, and still no one's going to believe in them. So <laughs> I just like the mojo that they're working with. They're going to have home field advantage throughout. Uh, and then the Rays. We always dismiss the Rays because maybe we don't know all the players on the team. Maybe they don't have big star players, but they find a way to get it done. They're incredibly fundamental. I would argue that they're the best uh, managed and coached team in Major League Baseball uh, with Cash, who knows what he's doing here and has been in the playoffs pretty much every year. I think the Rays plus 650. Uh, maybe you don't, they don't win it all, but what if it's Dodgers Rays or right. you know Giants Rays and you can you know create a hedging opportunity? Also like Tampa Bay, they're plus 275 to win the AL pennant. So I think no one's talking about the Rays and the Giants. To me, those are the teams of the most value here, Pritch. But what do you think? Who's your Man, money behind here? You talk uh, about the World you, Series. Well, you talk about Mojo, Josh. I mean, the Rays at plus 650. Uh, you got the Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion. You got the Lightning, Stanley Cup champions. And then, okay, maybe the Rays out there in Tampa Bay, plus 650 uh, to win the World Series. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's great value there. Can yeah. they get it done? I don't know. I would just suggest if your pitcher has a no-hitter going to the sixth inning, don't yank it. How about <laughs> right. we just keep them in there? Let, maybe that's something that you can learn from last year, Pritch. And by the way, give Tampa Bay a basketball team. Let's have them uh, title town ain't Boston anymore. I feel like it's Tampa. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we'll see what happens in Boston tonight. Enjoy the game, uh, and good luck with your plays. I appreciate it, Pritch. Great job today. You too, my man. Uh, the Edge coming up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network.